0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Anybody got their syllabus with them this morning? If you don't mind turning to week one, we're talking about limitless thinking this morning. as We get ready for the Limitless Mind series. And I'm believing that we're going to see so much growth that you're going to be able to see growth personally and individually Uh, When it comes to your relationship with God, if you take these principles and lessons in Scripture and implement it and put it into practice. And we're going to start off by reading week one for Limitless Thanking, where it says this in the syllabus, the summary. It says, when we take on the name of Christ, we also take on the mind of Christ through renewal, somebody say renewal, by the Holy Spirit. Our old fears and insecurities are replaced by faith and identity." We are a new creation because Christ has freed our minds and what used to limit us now has no hold on us. Isn't that good stuff, y'all? Now, if you don't mind standing to your feet this morning, we do this. It's our custom and culture to stand in honor of reading of God's word. And we're going to be reading out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9. I'm going to be reading out of the ESV this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9. And this is written by the Apostle Paul, who is responsible for writing nearly half the New Testament. He was a missionary. God used him in so many incredible ways, and some of his finest work and what God inspired him to do through the Holy Spirit was writing books like the Book of Philippians, which is also known as the Book of Joy, which, get this, did you know that he wrote this book while he was chained up and bound as a prisoner? yet it's known as the book of joy. That tells you and tells me that, yes, there may be times where we can't control our situation, but we can control our spirit. And it just amazes me when I look at the Apostle Paul giving encouragement whenever many of us would find ourselves in a predicament where we feel like we can't give encouragement. So it says this in Philippians chapter four, verse eight through nine, he's writing to the church on Philippi. It says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, what do we do? Think about these things. Think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace, will be with you. Talking about limitless thanking this Sunday morning. Can we pray together right now? Lord Jesus, we remove every distraction, every negative thought, any hurt, pain, scars, unforgiveness, bitterness. We lay it at your feet this morning right now, Jesus. And we have our hearts and minds open to receive what you want to speak to us, God, through your word, because your word is powerful, God. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, God, that the sword of the spirit, God, so strong, so powerful, God. We thank you, Lord, that as we hear the word today, that we would put it into practice as well. It's all about you, Jesus. You will get the praise, the honor, the glory, and all the worship in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Come on, if you love Jesus, give him a shout of praise this Sunday morning. Before you take a seat or as you're taking a seat, feel free to turn to the person next to you and say, let's get to work this morning. Let's get to work this morning. Now, as I've shared before, I currently have a full-time job where I work for a heating and air conditioning company, and um, one of my responsibilities is that I clean ductwork and vents that may have debris and dust and other type of growth. Um, that may be on it and every so often at work we have these training sessions we have these meetings uh, where we gather together and they talk about the do's and don'ts of being within the hvac industry Um, and here pretty recently at one of the training sessions that we had at the very end we begin to conversate and talk about dirty duck work and my boss shared a story with me um, that just blew my mind, and I got it, I got his permission to share it with y'all this morning. And the story go, went like this, that they had installed a brand new AC system in a brand new house. And everything worked good. They tested everything out. They left. And then not too much later, they got a phone call from the customer where the customer was saying that mold, mildew, growth, all this nasty stuff was starting to accumulate and build up around the ceiling and affecting different parts of the house and within the ductwork. And my boss was like, man, that's just so odd. How could something like that happen? So he ends up going to the house and he begins to inspect the ductwork and look at the vents. And it wasn't until he opened up the AC unit in the attic that he found the issue. Because get this, within the AC unit, he found an orange by the blower. But this wasn't any regular orange, it was a moldy orange. And it was that one moldy orange that affected and molded up the AC unit, which in turn led to the ductwork getting mold, which led to the vents getting mold, and then it began to affect the ceiling, and then it contaminated the entire house. An orange. Come to find out, there was a plumber that loved oranges. That was there during the construction phase and process, and he would throw oranges in different places, different pieces and parts of the orange. In some way, somehow, one of his oranges ended up in the AC unit upstairs, y'all, and it was that one orange that affected the AC unit as well as the entire house. Isn't it crazy how something so small and hidden, like a moldy orange, could affect an entire house? And may I submit to you this Sunday morning that the same could be said when it comes to how your thoughts and your thinking can affect and influence your life. In fact, if there's one area that Satan loves attacking us in, it's in our thinking and it's in our thoughts. You know, it's funny because you want to know what it was That brought humanity in the world to the state that it is in today that we see? A fruit. It was a fruit that was eaten by Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And after hearing the story from my boss, I'm starting to think it was an orange. (laughs) But I want you to get this. Before Adam and Eve put the fruit into their mouths, they allowed the enemy into their thoughts. Before Adam and Eve put the fruit into their mouths, they allowed the enemy into their thoughts. You can take this. Thank you. Because we know how the story goes, right? Eve is in the garden, and all of a sudden the serpent comes and talks to Eve. I don't know about you, but if I, I'm afraid of snakes without them talking. But if a snake's talking to me, I'm going the other direction. But she has this conversation with the serpent, and the serpent asks her a question. I'm paraphrasing the serpent says, Did God really say you can't eat from any and every tree in the garden? And she responds by saying, You know, God said we can not eat from every tree, but there's this one tree in the middle of the garden that God said we can't eat because on that day that we eat of it, we will certainly die. But that's whenever the enemy plants a thought into the mind of Eve and he says, You're not gonna die which we know was a lie, Satan, Lucifer, he is the father of lies. He can't help but to lie, and he continues to say, oh, God just knows that when you eat of that fruit, that your eyes are going to be open, and you're going to be like God, knowing good and evil, and we know how the story goes, right? Adam and Eve, they partook of the forbidden fruit, and then sin entered into the world, and now as we look around, we see death, disease, destruction, turmoil, Chaos, despair, everything that we see, y'all, was brought upon by Adam and Eve, allowing the enemy to influence their thoughts. And how is that relevant to you and me today? It's this. If we're not careful, as children of God, we can allow and be susceptible to the same thing where the enemy and our flesh, our sinful nature, can be can begin to corrupt our thinking, and it begins to affect every other area in our lives. Can I tell you something real quick? Not every thought that you have is from God, and not every thought that you have is from the enemy. Sometimes it's from our flesh, our sinful nature, our imagination, but many times the devil will use thoughts as well. I want to back up what I'm saying with scripture. Anybody follow me this morning? 2nd Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3 says it like this it says but i am afraid get this oh man but i am afraid that as the serpent deceived eve by his cunning your what thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ so interesting think about this that satan has been using the same strategy the same tactic, the same scheme for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And you know what he does? He attacks the very people made in the image of God by first attacking their imagination. He attacks the very people made in the image of God by first attacking their imagination. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, feel free to write this down. That the enemy ruins our lives... By first ruining our thoughts. The enemy ruins your life, our life, by first ruining our thoughts. Now, this morning, I don't want to spend too long on how the enemy attacks our minds and our thinking because next week pastor Bobby's going to be preaching on limitless lies and you do not want to miss one week of this series of the semester and what's going to be said and spoken we understand you have work you may have responsibilities you may be out of town who's thankful that we have online streaming who's thankful that we have an app a podcast a youtube channel which by the way we just broke over 700 subscribers on the riverside church youtube channel You can view every message and look back on it, take notes and do whatever you can. But what I do want you to get this morning is this that your thoughts are so much more powerful than many of us realize, that your thinking matters. In fact, my fiancee, Brooklyn, shared a study with me. She currently majors in college for psychology, so she just gives me tons of sermon material, right? And it's crazy how it correlates and relates to the Word of God and how the makeup in our anatomy really lines up with what God's Word says so many different times, y'all. Because get this, she shared a study with me, y'all, that took place with thousands of adults. And guess what? In this study, they discovered this disorder by the name of hypochondria, or you can call it health anxiety. And in this disorder, they discovered that people that think or worry excessively about developing, having, or catching a serious illness or disease were 71, get this, they were 71%, 71% more likely to develop that serious disease compared to those who didn't. In other words, It's actually possible to think, and this is a secular scientific study. In other words, it's possible to think yourself sick. See, the reason many people have diseases is because they are first diseased in their minds, not at rest, not at peace, full of anxiety full of fear, full of frustration, full of worry, and they forget that your thinking and your thoughts affect the rest of your life. Oh man, this is so biblical. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says it like this. Says that for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Doesn't that study just bring a whole new level of meaning and awareness to what the Word of God says that your thinking is so important and that your thinking affects the rest of your life? So, my question for you this morning is this What are your thoughts occupied with? Have you allowed toxic thinking in your mind? Because I'm telling you what, right now, your thoughts play a huge factor. No wonder the Apostle Paul encouraged us in the opening verses. He told us to think on things that are good. He told us to think on things that are are honorable and and pure and just and lovely and and commendable and worthy of praise. Why? Because I came to tell you, your life many times will go in the direction of your thoughts and the direction of your thinking, and the enemy wants to attack your mind. He wants to plant thoughts in your mind and he wants to create a foothold to eventually it becomes a stronghold question what thoughts have you allowed to influence your life because my first point this morning is this everything starts in the mind it begins with a thought everything somebody say everything begins with a thought now you may be saying to yourself caleb i don't really think that my thoughts they're small they're invisible How could something like that affect and impact my life? You know, the Bible says that it's the small foxes that spoil the vineyard. Or in today's terms, we would say something like this, that all it can take is a match to start a wildfire. All it took for that AC unit was a moldy orange. And that one moldy orange affected and contaminated the entire home. In fact, if you're taking notes, feel free to write this down, that invisible thoughts produce visible consequences. Invisible thoughts produce visible consequences. Now, I want to make this very plain for, for you to follow along so we can understand, going slow purposely, we can understand the power of our thinking and the power of our thoughts and how everything starts with a thought. Now, I want to show you this slide right here this is a flow chart that we put together that shows how our life is affected by our thoughts and our thinking. That the state of your life, many times, is dictated and determined by your thought process and your thought patterns. I'm gonna go ahead and start off at the top. This is how our thoughts affect our lives it starts as a thought, and then it leads to a feeling or an emotion. Did you know that you can actually change the way that you feel depending on the way and what you focus on and what you think about? Oh, this has happened to us before, I'm sure. I'm sure you've been in a car before, right? And all of a sudden, a song played from a broken relationship or heartbreak in the past, and all of a sudden, a thought comes to your mind, and thoughts begin to flood your mind, and all of a sudden, you start to feel the effect of how you used to feel. And yes, it may have been over 20 years ago, but that one thought can bring to surface feelings that you haven't experienced in a while. Or the opposite could be said when it comes to when you think about good things or right things, it begins to change the way that you feel. That's why I tell the youth, don't function off of your emotions. Function off of your devotion and begin to have discipline and begin to have wisdom and discernment. But then from our feelings, it leads to action. Many times we will do or act on what we feel. But then those actions by what we do consistently, those lead to habits. Now, I've, I've heard it said before that we don't rise to the level of our goals, but we, we fall to the level of our habits. And then from our habits, it leads to the state and the condition of our life I wrote it down like this that toxic thinking leads to a toxic life toxic thinking leads to a toxic life but faith-filled thinking leads to a faith-filled life anybody following along with us being said this morning Now, if there's one passage of scripture I can share with you, uh, or one story, one person that we can kind of spotlight in the Bible that shows the power of your thinking and how everything begins with a thought, I I would show you the woman with the issue of blood found in Mark chapter 5. And if you don't mind, we're going to go ahead and read this out real quick. It says this. Somebody say it all starts with a thought. It says this. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for what? 12 years. I I want you to think about this. 12 years. We don't believe that the bible was made up it's fiction it's a fairy tale it's a myth it's a legend no we believe that the bible is one of the most accurate historical documents if not the most historical document that has ever been written that we have in our possession and the bible says for 12 years somebody say 12 years This was written not only in the gospel of Mark, but also in the gospel of Luke, who was a doctor. It was written, she, she had an issue of bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent what? All she had, and yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Next slide. And it says, because she, get this, because she If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering oh man, what I want you to get this morning in this scripture, I want you to think about this for a second. Just imagine it. We find this woman with an issue of blood who has been battling this disease and this sickness for 12 years. She spent all her money. She spent all her resources. She spent all her finances trying to find a cure. I'm sure probably taking medication, talking to different doctors, talking to different physicians to no success, success, to no avail. And And in fact, it says that she began to grow worse. But one day she hears about about this man by the name of Jesus who is passing through her area and in her region. And I know that she probably heard rumors and stories. Man, this guy has opened up blind eyes. He has opened up deaf ears. He has healed the lame and the leper. So she has this thought. She says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch a piece of his clothing, if I can just touch his cloak, then maybe, you know, I can receive the healing that I need from my body. So it says that because of a thought, it led y'all think about this so because of a thought it led to her feeling faith which led to her taking action and yes Jesus was surrounded by a crowd of people but she pushed through the crowd of people she touched the hem of his garment and the Bible says that immediately in that moment her life was forever changed and she was healed and the Bible says also that in that moment Jesus felt power leave his body and he looked around and he asked the disciples and he asked the crowd he said, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples responded by saying, Lord, what do you mean who touched you? Don't you see all the people that are, are pressing against you? But Jesus knew that this wasn't any ordinary dull touch, but this was a desperate touch from a desperate woman who had a God thought that said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then maybe I can receive the healing that I need. And what took doctors 12 years, there was no success. There was no No cure. What she couldn't do for 12 years was done in one moment. Why? Because she had a thought. Oh, come on. Somebody say it starts with a thought. She had a thought. Can you imagine if she thought on the wrong thing? Oh, he's crowded by a lot of people. He has no time for me. Oh, God did it for them, but maybe God can't do it for me thought (laughs) she had a thought and she acted on that one thought and it led to her life being changed oh man that's why we encourage y'all every time that you come to church to clear your mind and focus on Jesus because what you put into something is what you will get out of something There's some people that come to church out of routine and religion and just mark it off the to do list. But being a Christian is not a to do list, it's a to be list. And it's being present in this moment. And you can come to church your entire life, but if you don't think the right things and set your mind on God, you can't receive everything that God has for you. Because we know that when you begin to think right, then you can begin to receive right. Come on, do we have any people in here that want to set their minds on things above and change the way that you think? Because that's where the enemy wants to attack you at. But that's also where God wants to use you. It starts in the mind. Somebody starts, it starts with a thought. So your thinking and thoughts play a big role in your walk and relationship with God. So what, what should we do with our thinking? Second point. We need to learn how to think on the right things. That's what the Apostle Paul said, right? He said, think on these things. And he gave examples right, whatever is pure, just, honorable, commendable, lovely, excellent, worthy. Think about these things, but who knows? I'll be the first one to admit that is way easier said than done. It's way easier said than done. In fact, I actually came across a study that was done in 2005 where they begin to count how many thoughts people have in average a day and they found out that people have an average of 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. But here's the scary thing. Out of all those thoughts, 80% of them were deemed as negative. And 95% of those thoughts were thoughts from the day beforehand. In other words, it's way easier to think negative and bad than it is to think positive and good. That it's in our flesh, it's in our DNA to think thoughts that are wrong. It doesn't matter whether it's thoughts of comparison, thoughts of envy, thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of fear, thoughts of lust, thoughts of hatred, thoughts of doubt, like whatever thought you may think, you know what I mean? Like there's certain thoughts that we know that don't come from God. See, and that's why we have to be careful what we allow to sit and soak in our thoughts, because eventually those things will come to fruition in our lives, and we have to be careful what we entertain. But here's the good news about being a follower of Jesus, that you have the authority, and God has given you a mind to where you don't have to allow every thought that comes in your mind to sit and stay and get comfortable and make a home there. But no, you can be constantly renewed by the transforming of your mind and set your mind on the things that are right and the things that are good. I love what the book of Corinthians says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. It says it like this, when we, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take what? Captive. Somebody shout captive. Come on, say it with authority. Say captive. Every what? Thought to make it obedient to Christ. Oh, man, I came to tell you this morning. I love this scripture, and God can do it. He can renew your mind by the power of his word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I love this this scripture right here because the Apostle Paul, he begins to tell us how we can take captive thoughts that may come into our mind and make it obedient to Christ. In other words, you need to understand that word captive, those are fighting words. Those are warring words. And that's the kind of determination and discipline we need to have when it comes to thinking on things that are good and thinking on things that are right. You know, it's funny because my fiance Brooklyn, she shared with me what she does because we were talking about this message. She hears every message I preach before y'all hear it preached. That's all I'm going to say. And I shared with her this message and everything. And she told me one thing that she puts into practice, and it's this, that anytime time a wrong or negative, or bad thought comes in her mind, that she knows doesn't line up with the spirit of God is leading her, or what the word of God says, she will actually visualize herself grabbing that thought, throwing it on the ground, stomping on that thought, and say, you stay right there, you stupid thought. She will, and I know what you're saying, sweet little Brooklyn, there's no way she would do anything like that. But can I tell you something? We can have no mercy on the kingdom of darkness, (laughs) Satan, evil spirits, and our flesh and our carnality. There will be times where a thought will pop in your head at the most random times, and you know it doesn't line up with what God's Word says, and you know it's not what you're supposed to do, but in those moments, you need to refuse to amuse or entertain those thoughts, and you need to take those thoughts captive and begin to think on things that are in line with the mind of Christ and what God's Word says. Why? Because your thinking affects your life more than what you know. See, some of us, we find ourselves in the same cycles and the same routines in life time and time again and maybe you've been coming to church your entire life or maybe you're new when it comes to church but some people they haven't seen no growth in their life and yes they may be saved yes they may be on their way to heaven but in their thinking, in their mind they have stinking thinking, and they are led by their thoughts and they make no progress in growth and development and their discipleship and maturity in Christ when God has something so much more for them right see, that's why we need to understand that God has given us authority to see strongholds broken in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds in our life. That yes, thoughts may come in your mind that you're going to be just like your mother, just like your father. You're going to have that same addiction. You're going to get divorced. You're going to live in poverty. You're not going to make it. You're not going to live for God. You're going to fall off. But in those moments that those thoughts come in your mind you need begin to take those thoughts captive and say devil you are a liar come on God has a plan for me come on God is not giving me the spirit of fear but a power love and a sound mile oh, come on is somebody is anybody in here ready to thank God thoughts good things oh thank you Holy Spirit <laughs> today's the day We change our thinking. We change our thought life because it affects everything else. Somebody say, it all begins with a thought. I want to give you some encouragement this morning. It may be hard to change your thinking. It will be tough at times. But here's some encouragement. You know, it's been scientifically proven that once you think a thought, it becomes easier the next time time to think that same thought. It's like a tall field with grass and brush, right? You may go down it the first time, and it may be hard, and you're fighting your way through it, but guess what? The next time you come down that path, And the next time you come down that path, it becomes more clear. It becomes more visible. It becomes more level. And that's how it is in the spirit. When we begin to think on the right things and we become consistent and we think on things that are good and think on things that are godly. And we do it the next time and the next time and the next time. And it becomes easier. And that's why it's so important also to guard your heart and what you allow to see and hear and think and everything else. Because what you see and what you experience many times affects your, your thinking as well. Can I tell you something right now? That's why I encourage you. Whatever fills, spills. Whatever fills, spills. Whatever you fill with your mind, it will spill out eventually, right? That's why we encourage you, keep getting into the Word of God. Keep trusting the process. Keep praying. Keep worshiping. Keep listening to the right things. Keep listening and have the right influence in your life. Keep thinking on the right things, because a matter of time, it will become second nature, and it will become natural, where you will naturally be a person of faith. You will naturally be a person of peace. You will naturally be a person of love, and whatever those thoughts and things and adversity comes but because you've trusted the process now all of a sudden you don't speak words of death you don't speak words of despair no because your thinking is renewed guess what you begin to speak words of life and peace and you are a peacemaker and a peacekeeper oh man anybody get what's being said this is so practical see some of us y'all some of us the first thing that we do in the morning and I'm, I'm prone to making this mistake too is we go right on the news app And you keep up with everything going on on the other side of the world. And everything that's wrong with this country and gas prices. And you begin to think on all these bad things. And then you have a bad day or whatever. Because you didn't put on the helmet of salvation. And you didn't start the day off praying and getting into his word. And you wonder why you're having such a hard time and struggling. Because it begins with a thought and it begins in your mind. What thoughts are you thinking, God, oh man, I'm you right. God wants to help you when it comes to your thinking. <laughs> Me and my family, we pray for y'all every week. And we pray over each and every one of you, every family, every department, every person. And we pray, God. Let Christ be formed in them. Let them develop. Let them mature. Let them see what you have ahead and that you have so much more for them and their family. Question, what thoughts are you allowing to rule and govern your life? Are you allowing toxic thinking into your mind all the time? It's been said like this. Thoughts are a lot like birds, right? Like if, if, a, if a thought landed on my, on my head, right, a bird, right? I have the, yes, I may not be able to help if a bird lands on my head. Anybody had that happening before? Like, you know, at the beach or something with seagulls, anybody's spring break, right? You may not help it if something lands on your head. But you have the authority to either sit there and let it build a nest or in Jesus name, get out of my mind. And guess what? You go down that path and you keep on going, and you're thinking, it affects everything else in your life. It was just an orange. (laughs) An orange caused there to be so much damage and affected a brand new home. Humanity, one fruit, one thought. And you know what the enemy will do many times? He will have a lie sprinkled with a little bit of truth. Your parents were like this. Oh, you, 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 you're battling this. You're, you, you've, you've been an alcoholic, therefore you are an alcoholic. And you'll use a lie, sprinkle with a little bit of truth. But can I tell you something? 99% of truth is still a lie. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When you put these things into practice, and In whom the Son is set free, is free indeed in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, anybody receive this message? Come on, anybody ready to have their mind renewed and think on the right things? Conclusion. Fill your mind with God's word, and you'll have no room for Satan's lies. Whatever fills, spills. I've heard it said before that when you have the word, in God, word of God in you, when you don't need it, you'll have it when you do need it. And when the enemy begins to plant thoughts in your mind, you need to begin to combat that with Scripture and the Word of God. Some of us know lyrics for so many secular songs, but we don't even know five Bible verses. Young people, you're never too young. Adults, You're never too old to have your mind renewed, that God wants to use you to pave the way for you and your family, to see generational curses broken in the name of Jesus. Where does it start? In your minds. In your thinking. Take those thoughts captive. Here's the weekly challenge. Allow your thoughts. Anybody just feel God's peace and presence in the building this morning? Allow your thoughts to be guided by God's spirit and his word this week. Allow your thoughts to be guided by God's spirit and his word this week. You can do it. You may have been going down the wrong path your entire life, but today's the day. You know what all it takes? One decision, repentance. Turn the other direction to get right back on path. You know what repentance really is? Yes, it's turning around, but it's also something that has to do with your mind. God begins to change your mind and work on your heart, and God's working on some of your hearts right now. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed, whatever you feel comfortable doing in this moment. I'm going to pray over you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Come on, why don't you place your head on your head right now if you don't mind. lord jesus i pray over every person under the sound of my voice god and we speak against every lie from hell every lie from the enemy every doubt every negativity lord that today is the day we put on the helmet of salvation and we begin to walk in obedience to your word god And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that every person has the mind of Christ. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have given them authority and power, Lord, for whenever those thoughts come, God, maybe they're thoughts that are not from you, God, that we would begin to take those thoughts captive in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for blessing every person, Lord. Let their soul prosper, God, in their minds, will, and emotions, God, as everything else prospers, Lord. Bless every family. Bless every home. Bless every marriage. Have your way, God. Right now come on somebody repeat after me say I have the mind of Christ I will think on good things I refuse to be the, believe the lie I refuse to have thoughts of condemnation thoughts of shame thoughts of depression thoughts of anxiety thoughts of fear thoughts of worry in Jesus name I thank you for this new beginning, and I thank you for renewing my mind. In Jesus' mighty name.